You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. Now, 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse number 9, who hath saved us and called us. Who hath saved us and called us. We've been talking about mission, having a mission. All right, who hath saved us and called us with a holy calling. You get that? A holy calling. He goes on, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Stop and think about that for a second. We've been looking at having being mission-minded and recognizing that God has a purpose for us. God has had a purpose long before we ever were born. Before the world began, God knew you. Pretty amazing, isn't it? You think about how many billion people, 7.2 billion uh, last count that I had checked, 7.2 billion people on the face of the earth, not counting all those who have lived since creation in the last 6,000 years, and God knows me. And not only did he know me, not only did he make me, he had a plan for me. Not just any plan, a holy calling. Christian, there is nothing secular to the believer. Nothing secular. Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. That means that, means that everything to the Christian is holy. Everything is Christian to the Christian is holy. And so uh, here we're going to look at several things. Brother Josh, can you switch with me? All right. Uh, but here as we look uh, in the scriptures, we're going we're gonna to look at some things tonight that I think will be a help. In ancient times, map makers would very carefully make a map. And as they would make these maps, there would be areas, especially when there was bodies of water that were going to be, uh, that were going to be uh, mapped out, uh, there, were, there were areas that were unknown. And in those unknown areas, they would place sea monsters. They would place uh, uh, dragons. And they would place those there because those were the scary places. Those were the places, and if you look on historical maps, you'll see that there were many things that where they had those, uh, those unknowns, those uh, unknown sea monsters, and the unknown danger, the unknown depths, the unknown destiny. Now, uh, we in life, we have some unknowns as well. We have some unknowns in how is my life going to play out? And we start looking at different se segments of our life. And depending on what phase of life you are in, uh, there is 
uh, there's marriage and uh, who am I going to marry? Uh, if you're already married, then that uh, question is answered already. All right. But, uh, uh, but here, uh, for those that are unmarried, then marriage and that relationship, uh, even after you're married, of course, the marriage relationship, uh, future and family and vocation. What am I going to do with my life? Church, ministry. There are, there are so many areas and different responsibilities. And these are just a few. But there are a lot of unknowns in life. A lot of things that we don't know how they're going to work out. We don't know where it's going. You know, just think in the last 19 months, the things that seem very stable and known became unknown. Just in a short period of time, everything turned upside down. And the things that were so solid, we didn't even give a thought to. I mean, prior to, uh, to March of, uh, of uh, was it 20? Yeah, March of 20, uh, I would have never considered not being in church. That was, that was never even a thought in my mind. Online church, what are you talking about? That would never have even been a, a fleeting thought. But everything has changed. And there are a lot of uh, unknowns in life. Uh, and, and it just goes on, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And depending on where we are right now, we have different sets of unknowns. For a younger person, teenagers, uh, there, there are different uh, unknowns in their life. And they're, uh, maybe the 16-year-olds and up, uh, they're thinking, okay, what classes am I going to take uh, for credit? And which, uh, which classes am I going to skip? Uh, there were classes that I skipped, uh, did not take, and, uh, and there, of course, there are classes you had to take, but uh, there, there are classes to determine. There was, uh, where am I going to work? Uh, McDonald's or, or uh, BK or KFC, all of these brief acronym jobs that are temporary. But those are, those are all questions that uh, they begin with. Uh, what about a car? Do you, remember, do you remember being in that spot, ready to get your first car? My first car was a Fiat. I bought a Fiat for $350. It broke down on the way home. Literally, I worked on that car more hours than I drove it. Finally, I got it up and running, sold it, and bought a 1970 Nova. Uh, and, uh, but but uh, with that, there, I remember that first car. I remember getting my license. That was a, that was a big deal. That was something that I was ready to go. Uh, the day I turned 16, I got my license. I mean, it was, I'd already done driver's ed, I'd already had everything ready to go, I had to borrow my grandma's car because we didn't have a car that would pass the inspection, uh, and uh, that had all the lights working, and so I, I remember getting my license, uh, that was a big deal, that was something that I was working towards, and uh, it was important to me, uh, boyfriends, girlfriends, uh, and we just skip those till you get to college, all right, uh, moms, dads, help us with that, uh, you know, it's sort of like giving a, uh, giving a 12-year-old the keys to a car. All they can do is get in trouble. 
purpose of dating is to find a spouse. If they're not ready to get married, they're not ready to date. Amen. And so, uh, but anyway, there's, there's a lot of unknowns for young people. That's uh, some of their uh, concerns. College and uh, looking maybe towards military or a voc tech school and uh, college age, uh, of course, college and dating and a career path and relationships and uh, work and car payments, rent, buy uh, for a house and, uh, you know, uh, just different areas of service. And there are a lot of different unknowns. Young marrieds, there's a lot of unknowns on finances. There's a lot of unknowns with uh, child rearing and one income or two income and job and career and Christian service and how many children and then when you have kids that are uh, school age, homeschool or Christian school, public school is not in the equation. But one thing that is constant for all of us is that God has a plan for us. God has a plan. And God's plan includes a holy calling. Because what we give our life to is for Him. We've got one life. And we are to give it to God. We are to live it. We are to spend it for His honor and for His glory. We think about this thing called the will of God. You know, the will of God for our life oftentimes seems so mysterious. Something that is always just out of reach. What does God want? You know, that's an honest question. What does God want me to do with my life? And that doesn't matter, it doesn't matter if it's a child sitting here tonight or a senior saint. What does God want me to do with my life? You might say, well, I've already lived majority of my life, but you still have life to live. You still have something to give. There's still a purpose for your existence. When God's done with us, he'll take us out. So I just don't think that, uh, you know, there's anything more for me. Well, you're breathing. There's something more for you. God has a plan. God has a plan for our beginning and God has a plan for our ending. The will of God is spoken of, but too often... It's not really securely embraced. It's not embraced because we don't feel like we are in God's will. We feel like there's something more. Yeah, there could be. But why can't we be in God's will right now?
Being in God's will right now matters. There's a lot of anxiety that people face in their personal relationship with God because they don't feel like they're where they need to be. Now, I'm not talking about perfection. None of us are where we need to be. We all have a lot of growth. But can I be right now in God's will? Can I? Can you right now be in God's will? Now, if I can be in God's will, and you can be in God's will, then we have to ask, ask ourselves, are we? And if we are not, what is it that's stopping us from being there? Silence. It's not awkward. Sometimes we have to stop and really think. Is this God's will for my life? You know, there isn't anything that comes into our life that hasn't been filtered through God's hands. Think of all that Job went through. Every bit of it came through God first. There was hurt, there was tragedy, there was injury, but it was all a part of God's perfect will. Just because things might not be going how we think it should go doesn't mean we're not in God's will. Our inconveniences in life are not outside the direction of God. Our battles in life, our struggles in life, it doesn't mean that God hasn't orchestrated that he has a plan that's a lot higher view than what we can view. We know Romans 8, 28, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. But when we talk about the will of God, it's something that oftentimes pastors, evangelists, missionaries will talk about. We think about the apostle Paul's life. You know, when I look at Paul's life and I see the missionary journey and I, I start looking at the map and I start trailing it all out, I wish my, my life looked like that map. As in, here's point A, here's point B, here's point C, and we can see how he gets all the way back. But Paul didn't see that map. And Paul didn't get the destinations and the ending until after he was through. And some of the places that God led Paul 
they did not accept the gospel. Not only did they not accept the gospel, they imprisoned him, they beat him, they rejected him, and it was still a part of God's will. So just because everything isn't going perfect doesn't mean we're not in God's will. Right? I'm getting a lot of uncertain looks tonight. But God's will is something that it should not be this mystical myth, mythology scenario where it's just always something that we cannot grab a hold of. Because if that is the case in our life, we will never feel fulfilled because we feel like there's always something else. There's always someplace else I've got to go. There's all something else I've got to do. There's some unknown that is always there that I've got to be reaching for. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't be growing. I'm not saying that we shouldn't be taking steps of faith. But what I'm saying is we can be in God's will right now. God has a plan for each and every one of our lives. And so uh, when we uh, think about Paul's life, and, and it, was all, we, it looks like it's all laid out as we look back at it, uh, but what about lay people? I don't know about you, but I like to know exactly where I am. Don't you? You know, if I'm going to go somewhere, uh, I want to I see a map. All right, let's go to that next slide there. You know, I want to know where I, where I am. So if, if we pulled up a map of where we are right now, that's it. That little dot, Bible Baptist Church. But not only do I like to know where I'm at, I want to know where I'm going. Sometimes the unknown just seems so elusive. It seems like something that we just can't grab a hold of. So, so what about, what about the, uh, the will of God for each and every one of our lives uh, as a mom, as a dad, as a grandma, as a grandpa, as a mechanic, as a service writer, as a salesman, as a firefighter, as a nurse, as a secretary, as a teacher, as a factory worker, as a business owner, as a, a office manager or a housewife or teacher or retired uh, person, uh, a farmer, uh, a li- enlisted individual, uh, in the services or an officer. In service. God has a will for every one of us. And no matter what our vocation is, we can be in the very middle of God's will for our lives. So with that, there are a lot of unknowns. And those ancient maps that had those unknown areas, they put those sea monsters, they put those dragons, and this is what they would write about the dragons. Here be dragons. Here be dragons. 
That was what each and every one of those stood for. And that little statement would be written on the map with those dragons. Here be dragons. Here is a dangerous place. Here is the unknowns. And all of that was introduction. That's the title of the message tonight. Here be dragons. Father, I pray that you'd help us tonight and just help us to recognize the, the great need for, uh, for us to sense your leading in our lives. And I pray that you would bless each and every person here tonight and those online. Help all of us to uh, not be fearful of the unknown. Help us to take steps of faith and just to trust you with our life. And so I pray that you'd bless now for Christ's sake. Amen. So uh, the, the uh, plan, uh, here be dragons, the unknowns, if you will. Uh, and so I want you to see five things tonight, just uh, fairly simple things, nothing that you haven't uh, learned before. But number one, I want you to see uh, God's plan. God's plan. God has a plan for you and for me. God's plan. 1 Thessalonians chapter number uh, 5, if you would. 1 Thessalonians 5, we'll look at verse 23 and 24, familiar passages of Scripture, uh, but God's plan. Uh, and, and sometimes when we think about these dangerous areas, God's plan for your life and my life is not scary. It's not scary. It's an unknown, and there are unknowns in following the Lord because the just shall live by faith. The Christian walk is not a walk by sight, it is a walk by faith. And so taking steps of faith and God's plan is going to be a plan of faith. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. God has a plan and he has called us with a holy calling and he is faithful. The one that's called us is faithful. So we have to recognize that God has a plan. Now, if God has a plan, there has to be the, the one to choose the plan and then there has to be submission on our side. There has to be that willingness to say, Lord, I will submit my will to your will. What did the Lord say uh, when he was in the garden, he was praying. He said, not my will, but thine be done. He was submitting uh, himself to God the Father's will. And you and I, we all have a will, don't we? There are things that I want to do. There are things that I would love to be able to accomplish. And, but the reality is, I've got to make sure that I am not letting my will surpass God's will. And I can't lie to myself and say that God's will is my will, is the will that I have. You see, we have to, we have to put ourselves uh, in a place recognizing, that God, recognizing God's plan. Romans 12, uh, verse 1 and 2, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. It's our reasonable service to yield ourselves to God's plan. 
It's reasonable. It's not an unreasonable uh, thing for us to follow what God plan, God's plan is. So back in our text, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9, he said, Who hath saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our own works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before the world began. And so we see God's plan. Secondly, we see God's grace. There's no way for us to be in God's plan, God's will, without God's grace. We can't do it by ourselves. There's no way. There's no way for you and I to be in the will of God without God's grace. God's goodness. God's God's mercy in our life, God's, God's grace. Uh, it said that uh, uh, he has saved us with a holy calling. It said, but according to his own purpose and grace. God had a purpose for us, but there was also grace that he was given to us so we could fulfill that purpose. So for us to be in the will of God, we have to be submitting ourselves to his plan, but we also have to be recognized, we have to recognize God's grace is what allows us uh, to, uh, to fulfill his plan. Uh, uh, the, uh, uh, one of the commentary uh, writers, Warren Wiersbe, said this, God has called us by his grace. We are a part of a great eternal plan that God determined before the world began. God knows the end from the beginning, and he has, he has purposes for his people to accomplish for his glory. Suffering is a part of his plan, and Jesus Christ suffered in the will of God here on earth, and all those who trust in him will also suffer. It is, it's just by God's grace. As we are going through uh, and following God's plan, there are problems that are going to come. And the problems don't mean that we are out of God's will. If we're not careful, we will allow the burdens and problems of life to get us to make bad decisions. And we'll run. We'll run to something that looks easier as though it is the will of God. God's will might be for us to, be, to go through something that is not comfortable. He might have some... some burdens for us to carry. He may have some, uh, some battles for us to fight, uh, but that doesn't mean that we are to, uh, to run. Years ago, I read about a man who had been, uh, he was going to be a martyr for the Lord, and uh, they were going to burn him to the stake, by, burn him at the stake. And this man was so fearful of, uh, of this process, but he wasn't fearful of the flames. He was fearful that he was going to fail his Savior. And as he was thinking about dying at the stake, he thought, how in the world am I going to be able to endure this great pain of being burned alive? And there was a, 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 just a candle that was lighting the room he was in, and he put his little finger over the flame. And he said that the pain was so intense that he pulled his hand back and he thought there is no way that he could, he could be able to endure uh, the suffering and that he could uh, have a good testimony as he was going to be burned alive. But when the time came for him to be burned alive, history says that 
He went to the flames and gave his life with a great testimony, great boldness. Why? Because of God's grace. God's grace was not there with the candle before the time of need. It was there with the fiery flames in time of need. You know, as we are going to follow God's will, we have to trust that He'll give us the grace we need. Is God good? God's good. And His grace is there for us. Why? Because He's so good. He is good. So we see that uh, God's, God's plan, we see God's grace. Thirdly, we see God's word. If we are going to be in the middle of God's will, we have to submit ourselves to his word. There's no way around it. We have to allow God's word to have authority in our life. Years ago, it was about nine, nine years ago, I had a, a couple, there were two teachers, and they were coming to the services, and uh, they've since moved, but uh, they were coming. The man had already been saved and just got married, and his wife, uh, in the services, she got saved, came forward, got saved, got baptized, and, uh, and it was just so sweet to watch. I mean, during services, I mean, she was just like a bird, just waiting uh, for everything that was coming out. You could just see her. She was growing. Uh, it was exciting. And all of a sudden, one, one service, they weren't there, and another service, they weren't there. And uh, Deb and I went to the, uh, to the house, and we're visiting with them, and, and the Bible was sitting right there on the coffee table. We walked in, and uh, we're sitting down with them, and the, the husband said, you know, he said, you know, Pastor, he said, I had, my wife's a new believer, and, and she, she doesn't understand a lot of things, and, and so I had to set her straight on some things. I said, what was that? He said, that book right there, it'll control you if you let it. I said, absolutely. But he was looking at it as a negative because it was changing her. And he wasn't wanting to change. He wanted her to have her eternal destiny changed, but not her life. Salvation is not a get-out-of-jail-free card. Salvation, Brother Hiles wrote a book years ago, is entitled, Salvation is More Than Being Saved. And I'm so thankful uh, for the, the salvation that comes. And when we get saved, our eternal destiny changes and the sin debt is taken away. And no longer are we going to uh, spend an eternity in a devil's hell. But we have uh, the ability, we are going to go to, uh, to heaven. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And that is, that is huge. But the reality is when you get saved, it wasn't just your sin nature that got saved. There are all to be a life that is transformed, a life that's transformed because of your salvation, because you've accepted Christ. And how is that going to be possible? It only can be possible as we allow God's Word to lead us in our life. God's Word. That means that God's Word needs to be the final authority in our life. It needs to be the final authority for faith and practice. 
That is, that's what we believe. We believe that, that God's Word is where we get our, our direction from. God's Word is where we get those principles uh, to live for, uh, by from. It's where we get our purpose from. It's all from God's Word. And, and here, as a believer, what do we find? We find that God's Word has to be what drives and directs our life. Now, if that's not the case, and we are not allowing God's Word to guide us, then we've got to start implementing. We've got to start uh, submersing ourselves in the Word of God. We've got to start allowing God's Word to lead us and guide us. Uh, that's why uh, discipleship is so important. That's why being in church is so important. That's why uh, being in the services and, and allowing the Word of God to come in. That's why it's important for us to read the Word of God uh, so we can grow. Uh, 2 Timothy 3.16, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God is profitable for doctrine, for reproof for correction, for instruction in righteousness, doctrine, the teaching of what is right, uh, reproof, teaching what is wrong, correction, uh, how to make the wrong right, and then the instruction, how to keep it right. And that's where we allow God's word to lead us and guide us in our life and seeking to obey what he has given specific directions in. If I, am, if I am wanting God to show me specifics in his will, the unknown will of God, I've got to be obedient to the revealed will of God. But if I'm not being obedient to the revealed will of God, there's no way for me to know the specific will of God. I've had people come and tell me, well, God's will for me is to do this, this, and this. It's amazing. People will come to tell me what God's will is and then act as though it was counsel. Well, I talked to the pastor. Telling me something and asking me something are totally different. But sometimes when we, when we start looking and stating what God's will is, if we're not already being obedient, why is God going to tell me anything else? He's not. You see, when we look at Scripture, what do we find with Samuel? What we find with Samuel, even as a little boy, as God was calling him, he was answering, he was responding to the, to the truth that he had already been given. He was responding appropriately to what God had given to him in his life. And as he was taking those steps of faith, God then was opening up new avenues of how he was going to serve him. We find how God was going to later use him uh, to be the pro a prophet, uh, an amazing prophet. I love Samuel. Uh, you read the story. He'd come to a city. The kings would send out servants and saying, okay, Samuel's coming. Uh, and they'd bring gifts to him. And they'd send gifts to him and saying, okay, Samuel, are you coming in peace? Are you, are you in a good mood, Samuel, or are you going to bring judgment? 
And so I, I sort of have a lot of, uh, I just, just uh, enjoy uh, some of that, just thinking how, how God used him in that unique way, uh, uh, just the power that he had. Uh, but God's, God's word. Uh, fourthly, God's leading. God's leading. As we are trying to be in God's will, if we are going to be in the perfect will of God, then I need to be following God's leading in my life. Go to Proverbs chapter 20. I know it's going to be up here on the screen, but Proverbs chapter 20. I've just got about 12 more points, and then I'll let you go. Proverbs chapter 20, and look with me in verse 24. Proverbs 20 and verse 24. Proverbs 20, verse 24. Man's goings are of the Lord. How can a man then understand his own way? You know what God's saying? God's saying, I'm leading you whether you know it or not. You say, well, am I really in God's will? Well, how'd you get here? I'll promise you Marysville, California was never a city that I looked at on a map. It was never a place that I said, you know what, I just can't wait to go to Marysville, California. I think I'll start looking for churches in that area. That was not on, that was not on my radar. But it was on God's. It was on God's. You say, well, how did I get here? Well, the military put me here. No, God put you here. Amen? Well, I was born here. Well, God put you here. It's amazing how God works. When you stop and think about Pharaoh, God said that he gave Pharaoh power to show his own arm, his own strength. God wanted to show his own strength. And he raised up Pharaoh. God could use a wicked man to accomplish his will. God is the one that leads. He orchestrates. And I'm not saying we can't make bad decisions and get out of the will of God. We can but the reality, as we look at it, as we are endeavoring to follow him, God has, he's, he is the one that is working and orchestrating. How in the world, how else could things come together the way they come together for his honor and glory? He puts all the pieces together. You think about your body, all of the parts. My, my, my thumb didn't end up in the middle of my forehead. Why? Because there's a great designer, the creator. He made us that way. He looks at the church and says the church is a body. And he, he places every member in the body as it hath pleased him. You didn't put you here. Let me say that again. You didn't put you here. God put you here. Don't unput you. say, Pastor, that's not good English. Then don't do it. You see, God assembles a body. Who are we to say, God, I, th I think I belong somewhere else? 
right? So, so we've got to be following God's plan, uh, His leading in our life. Man's goings are of the Lord. He is the one that leads and guides. And sometimes He leads and guides with great trials and afflictions. He allows problems uh, to come into our life to get us, to cause us to go uh, where he wants us to go. Uh, why? So he could put us where he wants us to be. God's leading. Fifthly, God's empowering. God's empowering. God's will takes God's help. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9, we or 8 through 10, we look at the verse 8 and 9 for salvation and assurance, uh, but these verses all tie right together. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his, say it together, workmanship. We are uh, his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. He knew where you would walk. He knew what you would do. He put us in a place to be able to do something for him. We're his workmanship. And before the worlds began, he called us with a holy calling. He's making us to be who he wants us to be so we can fulfill what he wants us to do. And right now, no matter what your vocation is, you could be right in the middle of God's will for your life, serving and accomplishing things for him. Our career is not what the focus is. Glorifying God in our life is what the focus is. And how we do that, how do we live out the will of God? Sure, we're going to work. And God puts us in different places as we work. And with that, he brings people across our paths. There are people that he wants us to meet. There are people he wants us to help. There are people he wants us to witness to people he wants us to encourage. That's all part of his plan. God's will. Here be dragons. Scary, pastor. I don't know, if, I don't know about being in God's will. I don't know about doing something for him. Don't let the unknown stop you. You know when they stop making those putting dragons on maps. Modern day maps, it doesn't say, here be dragons. It doesn't mean that there aren't dangers in the ocean. But they were discovered. They were explored. And taking steps of faith and following his leading takes away some of the unknown. You see God come true when you take a step of faith. You know what? The next step of faith gets a little bit easier. Why? Because you just experienced his help the last time you took a step of faith. And all of us, as we are living, let's, let's recognize God has a will for me. 
And no matter what it is I'm doing with my life, whatever my work title may be, whatever my life situation may be, I can be in the middle of his will. So let's, let's be in God's will. Say, Pastor, is it ever scary? Absolutely. That's why I entitled tonight's message, Here Be Dragons. Steps of faith, they're not always easy. Sometimes the unknown, the fear that is there, it'll cause us to stop. We've got to take those steps of faith. And as we take those steps of faith, what do we find? God is faithful. Father, I pray that you'd help us, Lord, just to be faithful to you. And Lord, to uh, look into our lives. And maybe there's some areas that we need to work on, some, some things we need to change. But Lord, here as a church family, we're, we're here tonight because we want to know you better. We want to be in the will of God for our lives. And I pray that you would help each and every one of us. Help us to grow in our faith. Help us to mature. And, and Lord, I pray that your word and your leading, your empowering would help us. Uh, Lord, to recognize your will in our lives. And so I pray that you would bless, uh, meet the needs of your people, uh, help all of us tonight as we endeavor to serve you, please, for Christ's sake. Amen. Let's stand. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc4me.org. May God bless you.